Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today, we're uh, we're telling some little white lies. <gasps> lies! Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Tell me, tell me lies. Oh, I know that song, but you could put a gun to my head and I would not know who did it. Fleetwood Mac, baby! Oh, it is an old thing. I was thinking, it's like, yes, it feels old. (laughs) The band that is beloved by both me and Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This uh, first aired August 4th, 2012, uh, written by Brian Holfield, who has written several previous episodes, most recently Bumblebee to the Rescue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy who uh, spent about ten years writing for various Winnie's the Pooh. Oh man, that's that's some cred there. Uh-huh. How- Possibly some working with Peter Cullen cred. I don't know if he's still on that. I think so. I think he's still because I remember there was a whole outcry when they were going to have like celebrities do them uh-huh. in that live action movie with Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. and then. They just decided to hire back, like, Jim Cummings and Peter Cullen and everybody who was still alive. Yeah. I think they replaced one person. Maybe, I guess it was somebody who was dead, possibly, but I think there was one voice it's, they definitely I mean, they're replace. already on, like, the second incarnation of everybody for that, I'm it's sure. It's not like the... Well, Cullen might be... It's it's not like the new Scooby-Doo movie where they're pretending Frank Welker is the original Scooby-Doo <laughs> Yes, and uh, they're also pretending they don't have Matthew Lillard's phone number. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, come on, is he not famous enough to be Shaggy? He's kind, of, you know, he was on, he was in Scream. Yeah, he's he's a he's a guy people know. No, yeah. you don't Casey need- Kasem's gone. Just randos from now on. And I I guess they got a new Fred, but they didn't replace Welker as Scooby Doo. And do you, do you think they're just like all the other? Voice actors are kind of side-eyeing Welker for taking that gig, or it's just, no, no that's Frank, he's, uh, you know. That's Frank. He cornered his dog market. Guy's got to work or he'll literally die. I do kind of <laughs> think that they could have had him be both Freddy and Scooby. I don't think him taking over Scooby necessarily needed to, like, negate him being able to be Freddy. Well, no, I, I guess... I mean, his range is just that good. I mean, he is still Fred, I think, for pretty much everything, just not for that uh, Scoob movie. No, that, that one thing. Right, like a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe? Oh, I didn't even... Yeah. I that. Oh, yeah, because it's got uh, Mark Wahlberg playing the Blue Falcon. Uh, okay. And, and I think the villain is Dick Dastardly. Uh, wow, my sure. my dad Whatever. is gonna love this movie. <laughs> wow, my squiggles are very small. Uh, I believe Tracy Morgan plays Captain Caveman. Yes, I saw like it. He was on like I don't know James Corden or something. Being very excited about that. I choose to believe that it was actually Tracy Jordan playing Captain Caveman. <laughs> Still gunning for that egot. Anyway. So this episode...
And we, we open. It is a, a hard rain is going to fall in Griffin Rock. <laughs> you know, the streets are flooded. You know, all sorts of things are going wrong. But the, the top priority for the rescue team is Mr. Pettipaws, <laughs> who oh, has yeah. climbed the statue of Horace Burns in the town square. You can't just climb a statue with cat claws. They're usually, ones like well, that are usually cast in metal. Yeah, but, well, okay, admittedly, yes, but but there are multiple points of purchase. You can jump from a knee to an arm, from a rock. Thing. There, there's various and levels. it's raining. Yes, while it's, it's, while it's so raining, slippery. that part doesn't work. If you got up there before it started raining, sure. I, I choose to believe that Mr. Pettipaws was actually, like, clawed onto the leg of that guy who's always uh, wearing his helipack. <clears throat> oh. Maybe. And then just jumped. I choose to believe that Mr. Pettipaws can secretly teleport. <laughs> Some cats can. I, I, my one cat, Crystal, the oldest one, she, I swear, I have looked at one spot, seen her walking towards my left, and then I turn and suddenly she's on my right. <laughs> Just takes a portal through the Feywild. It's like, like, it's like Jason do. Voorhees. <laughs> I don't think she could do it very far distances, but I think she can hop up to like six feet. Because <laughs> like, so yes, I, I also um, have I have a flap on my uh, little cat flap to get to the little porch I have, and it, m- half the cats don't even like using the flap except for Felix. But Crystal, either she can somehow go out there without making any noise with the flap, or again, she can teleport. <laughs> yes, my uh. My headcanon here is that Mr. Pettipaws is like a secret experiment of Dot Green's, and and he can actually teleport. Or or he's a flurkin. Or he's a flurkin. Of Dot Green's. <laughs> I'm blaming Dot Green for everything. It's I mean, fair. And Mrs. Needlemander is upset that it is just the chief who's doing this. She's, where, where are your robots? <laughs> Calm down, lady. She just wants... Maybe she is putting him up in trees and stuff because she just wants to see the cool robots. Uh, It's like Munchausen Syndrome by proxy. Yes, except with with a cat and just wanting to hang out with some cool robots. Oh, maybe Uh. maybe that's the story of her ex-wife that that she died before her, that her ex-wife was a police officer, maybe? Oh, maybe. She's just used to the cop cars coming around. Kind of misses it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so meanwhile, two of the rescue bots, in this case, uh, Heatwave and Boulder, are, are sandbagging a road. And so when that's done, Cade challenges Graham to a race. Which, you really shouldn't be raising a bulldozer anywhere. No, you absolutely no. should not, as we will be reminded. Although, uh, I haven't seen all of them, but I would wager money that that happens in one of those later Fast and the Furious movies. They, probably. They probably outrace hey, a tank. I'll ra- race you that bulldozer for your pig slip. They definitely <laughs> outrace a submarine. Yes, they're definitely tanks. Hmm. <sighs> I actually, okay, this is, here's one of these confessions, uh, and, and Rob, uh, we, we did, uh, we were sad that you weren't around for our last news podcast to, uh, castigate us for not caring about Top Gun. Or not possibly even having seen all of it. 
God damn it, Maverick! But I, I have not actually like watched a a Fast and the Furious movie. I have weirdly enough, I've seen the first one and I have seen the eighth one. <laughs> I, I've seen I've seen the first one in a theater. I'm not sure I've seen complete of any of the others, but I've caught most of them on TV. But they church. are all on Netflix in Canada now, so I think oh. I'm going to marathon them this summer. Is it like coming in in like episode like episode one and then episode eight of some anime series where like everything seemed fairly normal and then you come in and like everything is on fire? Exactly. And... It's almost exactly like that. Yes. I mean, in that first movie, they're stealing like consumer electronics. Uh huh. Like you see, the, like remember that that's from like two thousand one or two thousand. They open mm-hmm. up like a truck of their stolen merchandise, and they're like a bunch of VCR, DVD player combos. <laughs> and oh, in the eighth one, they are attempting to stop super hacker um, Charlize Theron from acquiring a Russian nuclear submarine. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's pretty much exactly like being eight episodes into an anime. Jason Statham's rescuing a baby from an airplane. <laughs> Uh, Vin Diesel is dressing up like, uh, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> now, I, I, I really should watch at least some of them because I know Luke Evans gets involved. And, he, and as we is, have established, I am a sucker for Luke Evans. Via a strange quirk of genetics in those movies, uh, Luke Evans is Jason Statham's brother. And, Aren't they like who? Who's their mother? Like Helen someone, Mirren. That's right, <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> I, I assume their father was a dump truck. Because <laughs> I think that's the only way you can somehow combine Helen Mirren with something to produce <laughs> to produce Jason Statham. <laughs> so anyway, just because they're all British doesn't mean they're all related. <laughs> but they all have that same accent. They don't even have the same accent. I mean, no, no, Helen Mirren's accent is a titch different from Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's white people. White people all, all look the same. They're all, anyway, they're all so, related. Uh, they, they all know each other. So th- this racing does not go well. Uh, they nearly uh, run over Mr. Pettipaz, well, who just jumps off this statue. He varies. Yes, he nearly does. It's it's Cade that ends up saving Mr. Pettipaz by turning the wheel even though he's not allowed to use the wheel yes, yes heatwave told him hands off and then they just they just knock over this statue and run into a fire hydrant it's a lot uh, my notes at this point just say oh my god you dumbass <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of well, property damage but this is well, why Kate, you d- Kate admits that it, we were all boneheads which is this is why pretty- you don't street race a bulldozer and a fire engine. I mean, you shouldn't street race a regular car, much less a bulldozer. (laughs) And a fire engine. Yes. It's not not great. So, yeah. But he's actually... I I was very impressed at how good a sport he was about it, and also Heatwave. Mm -hmm. Heatwave didn't do any of that, you're not Optimus Prime, you can't tell me what to do. Yes. You're not my real dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it turns out everybody is kind of uh, playing it uh, playing it safe because it is uh, Chief Burns' birthday, but they want him to think that they've all forgotten it so they can surprise him with dinner. Ooh. 
But Which, unfortunately, that no. mm-hmm. it slightly confuses all the robots a bit. Yes, well, especially Chase, because Chase is, uh, deception is not in his nature. No, he is deeply upset. Yeah. He, he cannot condone such a thing. He's just very, he is so bent out of shape about it, it's great. Oh, and, and once again, Blades gets the funniest line in the episode, where they're talking about birthdays and what it is, and he says, it. Oh no, they're talking about what holiday is and they're confusing different holidays for birthdays like Arbor Day and stuff. And he ends it with, no, no, a birthday is when you set the dessert on fire and reassemble a donkey. Yes. <laughs> now, to be fair, this, the setting the tree on fire hmm. is technically someone's birthday. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 yes, but uh, no. Uh, Yes. Well, especially since Blades is pretty sure the the holiday where you light up the tree is Arbor Day. Mm. <laughs> yes, which is pretty great. <laughs> I mean, this is Griffin Rock. They probably do have a big Arbor Day celebration. Actually, I think there might be an Arbor Day episode. Oh my goodness, I hope so. It's appropriate. It's me. You know. I can anyway, only so, hope so. So the chief is telling lies of his own because he is just going to go check out the river. But he's actually going to a bakery to get a cake, which he's <gasps> just going to eat himself because he doesn't want every, he doesn't want to tell people that they forgot his birthday because he doesn't want to make them feel bad. Yes. And this is where Chase, <gasps> he's so upset that yes. they're lying. He is, he told, the chief told a lie. Yes. It's unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable. He cannot condone such a thing. Uh-huh. But hey, it turns out that, uh, as this episode tells us, lying leads to insane catastrophe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As is standard. Because, yeah, we're just going to check out the old haunted lead mine. Speaking of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like a, a pickaxe ghost hiding uh, in here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, they... It's very... Yes, it looks very haunted and also probably not very stable. Uh, it is, it's extremely not very stable because as soon as they go in, investigating what turns out just to be a banging window, uh, they fall right through the floor into a giant lead pit. Yeah, maybe don't, don't do any of this. Yes. So as, as this is a Chief Burns heavy episode, I, I just want to bring up again, because I keep forgetting that he's Maurice LaMarche, because he's the least Maurice LaMarche character <laughs> oh. that I think I've ever encountered in anything. Although and pretty spe- close to his normal speaking voice. I figured oh. it had to be, because it's very much not a doing a voice kind of yes. voice. But, so I just, having just remembered that, I like spent this whole episode like... That's, that's, that's the brain. <laughs> it's just not the same, not a Maurice LaMarche voice at all, except that it's actually the most Maurice LaMarche voice. Yes. Anyway, so I just, I just kept thinking about that this week. So yeah, they, uh, and of course because of the lead, they cannot, uh, make any, they can't, all their communications are dead, so they've just gotta find their way out of this mine. 
I am a little surprised that the Cybertronians don't have, like, some sort of advanced, like, quantum wave communications that is not affected by lead, but... Well, that's true, but then the end... I mean, even Superman's X-ray vision is stopped by lead. Well, yeah, but that's because it's X-rays. Lead is, like, what you wear to protect yourself from X-rays. Like, when you get an x-ray, they put lead over your junk so it doesn't mutate all your junk. <laughs> that's that's a known limitation of specifically x-rays. We have fancier, strange scientific technology these days. Yes. So meanwhile, the uh, everybody else has noticed that the chief is gone. And he clearly never went to where he said he was going. Dun, dun, dun. Unless they come to the obvious conclusion. Our dad has a girlfriend. (laughs) That would be pretty funny. That's just like no search party, none of that. They just write it off as dad has a girlfriend and they just don't bother looking for him and they just don't bring it up. (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing is, if it was, it would be, it's... Griffin rocks, so it would invariably be somebody they know. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, we did we we skipped over yet an yet another instance where a robot catches a human in a hand in their giant yes. metal hand after a fall of at least ten feet. Listen, they must just have cushioning palms or something. Did I like I'm I I'd appreciate I'm sure. like a note for that or a sound effect, like like a pillowy soft but <laughs> I'm sure I big must whoopee have cushion noise. When this occurred previously, that that was like a letter in an early Marvel comic issue of Transformers about how Jetfire did that. Or I forget what whether it was Jetfire. I guess Skyfire. Uh, yeah, probably. In the yeah. comics. But the point is, he did that. And someone felt a need to write in and say that that person should have been squished. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those... Transformers things that has yeah, but, plagued the, all the way back to G1. It, just, it, it keeps happening in this show more often than most other shows. Well, this episode involves more Transformers rescuing humans than pretty much any. Like, I would have to say that if any other non-rescue-oriented Transformers series had this much catching humans, hmm. it it would be about rescuing humans, whether you meant it to be or not. <laughs> yes. It's like saying they don't put out so many fires in other Transformers series. I mean, that's, that's the point. That's what they're doing here. But yes, there is another instance of catching a a falling person in his giant metal hand. Yes. So anyway, they yeah, they're 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 going through the mine and uh you know, Chase is upset because their lies have doomed them. Yeah. <laughs> He's so upset. He's oh, yeah, so upset. Various back and forth in in there. Well, well, and then he says, "Well, you know, perhaps by telling humans that you're just a, a Non-sentient robot, are you not too a liar? Oh, <laughs> yes. he pulls the old Jim Kirk on him. To which His... he replies, "I should fe- feel guilty, but I do not." <laughs> <laughs> Query: Am I a sociopath? <laughs> oh. I mean, 
mean, I guess it's because he knows the reason, he understands the reason for it, and I don't know, maybe he understands the reason he's doing things better than he empathizes with the motives of others, and maybe he is a little bit of a sociopath. So anyway, there there is a bit of a bit of action with a mine cart. Oh yeah, flipping switches, <laughs> yes. turning on mine carts. Uh, Minecraft Just like accidents my Minecraft happen. days. Oh. Yes. Uh, there's they there's a creeper and they it it gets too close and blows everything up. Well, there and- is a big hole there for unknown reasons, unless this island does have earthquake activity. Well, stay tuned for next episode. <laughs> yes. But the, the whole, like, like the, the ends of the rails are like rended and bent in weird places. Like there had been an explosion. Sinkhole or something? <sighs> yeah, I mean, at some point underground. there was a crack there was in the ground that opened up and messed up the, 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 the rails. The, Minecart tracks are bent an awful lot for just a sinkhole. Like, the tracks, like, the metal part should still be there if it was just a sinkhole, I would think. Alright, so, uh, you know, it's getting late, the chief has to bed down for the night. Luckily, he's got a slightly mangled cake to eat. Oh, I, I don't know at what point this line comes in, but I have a note that says, built on a cake of lies. <laughs> Which might actually be just this part. Like, this is all because of a cake of lies. And uh, and for for you trivia hounds out there, the it is the cake is Chief's favorite, which is chocolate coconut. Which is does re- sound great. pretty good. That sounds pretty good. That that does Would sound recommend. like that sort of adult sophistication kind of cake. Oh yes. So I I approve. I agree. What's well, better than like a buttercream cake? Mm. Wait, you don't like buttercream? I like buttercream like, uh, butter frosting. Uh, no. Or maybe it's just I had some people make it once and they like made like a extra vegan version or something. It oh. just well that what? would that would contain neither butter nor cream. That made it like cauliflower or something. What is your favorite kind of cake then? Um, red velvet or maybe just chocolate with a layer of strawberry. Mm. Rob. I I gotta say I think I'm just a chocolate guy. Any particular frosting? Mm, maybe like a chocolate with a vanilla frosting. Ooh, okay. I like I like anything with cream cheese frosting, so especially uh, red velvet cake, uh, also carrot cake without raisins. Wait, there's a cream cheese frosting? Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Oh, cream cheese frosting is I I have it is in it my, is very good in my <laughs> salad days. I would occasionally just buy cream cheese frosting and just eat it with a spoon. <laughs> cream, cream cheese is like one of the greatest curses in life as far as I'm concerned. It, it is not food. It is spackle. Wow. Back, back when I like had a metabolism, so, I would absolutely oh, just eat. I miss metabolism. Not often, but occasionally. So, so what do you put on a bagel? Um, uh, let's see, uh, turkey. A uh, little bit of Swiss cheese, maybe a drop of mustard, or tuna. Okay. Hmm. But like, you don't want like a sandwich, just like a, just like you're just having a bagel. Yeah. Just if no, I'm just no. having a bagel, it's plain. If I'm having a bagel, it's going to be a sandwich most of the time, mm-hmm. or there's nothing on. Maybe 
Okay, maybe now butter, but I didn't used to like putting butter on bread or anything. So but how about, uh, what if you have like some, uh, some smoked salmon? Um, I'm not gonna have smoked salmon. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm white. I'm not, I've known many <laughs> Jewish people. I, I do not understand lox and bagel. Oh. And no. No. It, no. It's just, it's weird. Mm. Anyway, you, you can't see it, but I'm making the Italian chef kiss. <laughs> a little lox, a little cream cheese, maybe some capers. Mm. Oh, oh, oh! I never understood that. Okay. Well, it, it's it's all like some other things. A lot of people like uh, from Jersey. I've never quite gotten like Taylor ham. It's like yeah, I'll eat it maybe, but I don't like it. Or um, steakums. Or oh oh Ooh. um, Philly cheese steak. Oh, I, what? I don't really like it. it it's in what? that same ballpark of the meat's not quite right. Oh, love a good Philly cheesesteak. Mm, steak. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he, uh, he nods off inside Chase and, uh, and then water starts to seep in. Mm. So meanwhile, we cut back to the fire station. Everybody's been looking all night for, for the two and there's no sign. This is where I decide there's a little too much uh, peril in this episode. Yeah, it's there's very, and it's all the poor old man. They're gonna give him a heart attack. I just yes. kept being worried that he was gonna have a heart attack because yeah, well, he's old. The, later on in the episode, he does say he cannot move his arm. Yes, thankfully, <sighs> it is his right arm that a rock does fall on, but. That is like, I, I feel like they intentionally made sure it was the right arm for that scene. Yeah, yeah I need my peril to be a little goofier in this Yeah, show. there's quite, a, there's too many instances as, oh, the old man might be dead. And it's yes. not just some random person, it's the dad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, especially like when they actually show up and it's like very heartfelt because it's not just like some random thing they're trying to save. It's their dad. No, there's a scene towards the end. Cody is absolutely going to need therapy after this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, luckily they do get a clue. Uh, the uh, Mr. Pfeiffer, the baker calls and says, Hey, uh, how'd you guys like the cake? And, and they were like, a cake. And so a they clue. finally realized that, you know, they, they, their their ruse was too effective, even though Cade was in on it. <laughs> he was acting. And so therefore they decide, you know, they look at the map, decide he's in the lead mine, and so they, they roll to the rescue. Yes! Oh, I just realized this, this episode is kind of like a point-and-click adventure with more yeah, danger. Yeah, I can see that. It's like you have to follow the clues. Oh, the mine! Yes. Oh, it's where, where you can't get a signal. It's a lead mine! Yep, because Cody does remember that at the end of the call, it, he didn't hang up, it dropped. And he's mm. like, oh, that would be the lead mine then. Yep. It's in between the bakery and our house. <laughs> this place is so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there an abandoned lead mine? Because <laughs> there's tunnels everywhere island. and sinkholes and there's volcanoes. So many, this and... place is so porous. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Oh my god, it's gonna fall in on itself at any moment. I guess it's, but well, depending upon how the size of the island, I mean, islands do tend to have a lot of tunnels because of water wa rushing in and wearing down some of the weaker rock, so. It's a thing. So anyway, there, you know, there all sorts of peril happens in this cave. There's a cave in, there's a flood. 
mm. bunch of rocks, uh, trap, uh, trap, uh, chase, a bunch of rocks also fall on the chief. Yeah. Arms. A lot of rocks falling, everyone dies. Yeah. And then, so they get there, Boldar, Boulder's using his, I said Boldar, which I think is a Masters of the Universe character. Probably. Or a, um, probably a rock, a rock lord. lord. <laughs> So yeah, they get there. They he he's so nervous detecting movement, but unfortunately, it is actually a giant flock of bats, which Blades <laughs> does not care for. Oh yeah, um, even though he is assured that they are not the kind that suck blood, they're just plain old bats. No one points out to him though that he doesn't have blood. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that they skim over that. That's sort of the gag, but it it's just weird that he does have corruptor corruptophobia. Corrupta. Corruptorophobia. Probably got more of a bad case of staying up late too often watching scary movies. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because before that, he he wonders if there are ghosts in the mine. <laughs> yes. Which, Which I again, mean, you need like a prospector ghost, pickaxe, yeah. and a big old Yosemite Sam hat. Uh, he's definitely seen 1999's Bats, starring Ludine Phillips and Dina Meyer. <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> I will choose to remain that way. It was heavily advertised in the comics I used to read at the time. I feel like I might have seen that, though. I might have seen ads for it's it. It's also got uh, the warden from Shawshank. as like the I bat scientist. Trailer. I think he's the guy who's like responsible for making like a, a race of super bats. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, the classic super bat thing. Yeah. Uh, he's also the guy who played the owl on Daredevil. Oh! Ooh. I want to make a race of super bats. <laughs> I mean, as you can imagine, at the end of the movie, he's eaten by the bats. Well, mm. yeah, that's what always happens is, you know, punishment for your hubris. Yes. Yeah, apparently he is actually insane because he's created the bats to be the ultimate predator, specifically designing them to kill humans. I'm not sure why exactly he did this. It <laughs> <laughs> was for the military. Yeah. I don't know if the military is really invested in swarms of super bats. <laughs> well, it, it, if you but cannot I, get alien xenomorph life forms, bats will work in a pinch. But you, you might remember the poster because the word bats was upside down. Oh, like a bat. Oh, yeah. There used to be this little shack near my old apartment in Columbus that at some point I I guess there were bats in it. It was this one like parcel of land that was just sort of a community park. Uh and it just had this like one story uh cement built like a uh cinder block building. And at one point someone had put up a sign or like a, a piece of plywood, I guess, over one of the windows, because I think bats were getting in there and they painted bats on it. And I guess the sign just like fell upside down, and I, I assumed that the sign was upside down so the bats would know that that was where they needed to go. <laughs> this is where the bats go. Yeah. Now you can see it because it's upside down. So anyway, they they do eventually find the chief who is soaking wet. He, one of his arms is messed up, and in front of his his, his youngest son's horrified eyes, he is sucked into a whirlpool. And like Cody is gonna need Cody so much just therapy. saw his dad die. Cody's yeah. got like bags under his eyes, and he's—I mean, I kind of felt like this was an episode where maybe like 
the animation format was not up to the nuance that the emotional nuance of the writing Mm. Uh, this was definitely like this is bad this is really bad (laughs) i i definitely preferred when they're fighting you know space blobs and having a day of the machines as opposed to this this is terrifying (laughs) cody is going to need years of therapy after this yeah yeah Anyway, luckily they, you know, everybody is safe and everybody is rescued. We get that, and we, so, you know, a little later, the chief finally gets his birthday dinner, but unfortunately, the dessert is a cake that was made by Danny. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Haven't we established that Cade can actually cook really well? I think we have. Which? Like, I mean, he's a fireman, and you kind of think the firemen are like, is that like a stereotype that firemen are really good at cooking? Yeah, um, I feel like that's of, at yeah, least at the very least the that they're really good at making station. like barbecue. Yeah. Right, or like uh like big big pots of pasta or something. Yeah. Because I mean, you're kinda of living at that firehouse, so you gotta cook for each other. Yeah. Well yeah, all also like well at least around here, like firehouses often have like spaghetti dinners or barbecues or such. Right. Which may not actually be the guys from the firehouse doing it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it is, I feel like it is a stereotype, but I feel like we, we've seen him cooking, so mm-hmm. I don't know why maybe she just insisted on it. And maybe this is like some tradition from when they were children that she wanted to make the cake when she was like seven years old and she's just hung <laughs> on to it and they just continue pretending that it's edible. And yes, unfortunately her cooking skills have not improved since she was seven years old. No, they're, they're yeah. still about the same. But because of these little white lies, everybody says it's it's totally delicious, even as they are surreptitiously spinning it into their napkins. <laughs> yes. And Chase ends the episode, I forget if it's the exact last line, but he says, uh, experience tells me it may not end well. The white little lies, yes. that is. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I, I gotta say, I, it wasn't my favorite episode. I, I think there is too much non-comedic peril in this. Yeah, the the whirlpool at least is a, a step too far. Yes. Yeah, that really felt like when they like things. almost had him. Especially because there's a lot of stuff and I know with this show specifically given the age range, I there's a lot more that I just really need to be like don't overthink it. Repeat to yourself it's just a show. You should really just relax that there's a lead mm-hmm. mine. There's a convenient lead mine in between their house and the bakery. Uh, yes. Which, judging by the map they were looking at, is like right in town. Uh, but, but, like, there was no plot reason to have him get sucked down that whirlpool. Because that was still the end. It's just they had to make things even worse for just a moment. Yeah. So... Yeah, they they could have definitely stood to not do that. It was just, yeah, it it was very intense. It just, I felt very bad for him because he's an old guy and this was a lot of adventure for him. And all of it just felt very personal in a way that I would enjoy if it were not a show that's supposed to be more adorable than that. Yes. God damn it. All right. So, uh, I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yay! Uh, this time on Kuku Sentai! Go, go, five! Uh, 
the Dark King's last decisive battle. Mm. Um, well, Dark King Zilfied. Zilfied? Zilfied? It, it, weird spell. It seems to be spelled different every time I see it. It's just my, my memory does not stick onto it because there's a Y in it. Anyway, the eldest brother of the Calamity monsters from outer space finally decides, okay, it's my time to go hit the field because the, the, his uh, younger brother and sister did go out once or twice to attack the rangers. This time it's his turn and he brings three crystals which were apparently in the heart of the Hades monsters from the last few episodes and he merges them together to create a new monster, a combined beast chimera, which chimera monsters are a long tradition in Rangers, sort of. Mm-hmm. Although only once has the chimera monster actually looked like a traditional chimera back in uh, Zoo Ranger, yeah. aka the first Power Rangers. Well, aren't isn't the point of chimeras is that they're just a bunch of different things? I guess the canonical chimera was like a goat and a snake yeah. and something else, a lion. Ah. Anyway, so they're there, and the rangers can't defeat this new combined chimera with their boomerang guns and other stuff. So he's just beating them around. Zilfies disappears for a bit. And then there's a bunch of city destruction because the monster beats up the rangers again. Oh, they're at, they're, they're at a low point. Meanwhile, uh, like, uh, Dad and Asuka's voice actress are rushing to upgrade a program thingy that they can send them to upgrade their suits so they can well it turns out in the end like it's a new morph bracelet thing that they wear on their right arm because their regular one is on their left arm which sort of looks like a little space shuttle but all it really does is allows them to shoot color-coded energy beams from their glove (laughs) like their (laughs) gobots and somehow that's enough to defeat the monster in the end Hmm. Sure. But they, they defeat the Chimera, and then Zilfie shows back up, and instead of enlarging the Chimera to attack the Rangers, Zilfie's himself enlarges. Okay. A- admittedly, like, the Rangers cannot defeat him. He just bores a hole through their giant train robot, and there's a really neat shot where you can see through the metal of the butt. Well, you just see a black outline insides and wiring and then you see Zilfies in the distance through that which is kind of a neat shot so he beats beats the train robot he's beating up their regular rescue robot until the program again is finished and fully upgraded and oh now they can combine with liner boy the little color-coded solar-powered astro train that was introduced a while ago to form the oh what is the max megazord no, not Megazord. What the fuck? It's not a Megazord. Uh, not a Megazord. Max something. As as, as an aside, the Sylphie no. that oh, uh, the Sylphie that I Robo. am familiar with is spelled S Y L P H E E D, and I looked it up to try to remember where I had seen that, and it's an email oh. client for Linux. <laughs> oh, I. The only reason I know is is because there's a video game named See, after that's that. That's what I was thinking. Was there's a video game or something? Yeah, which is, I guess it's based upon some mythical monster, but it's throwing me off what it was. But I realized at this point, it's like, oh, wait, that's why that's familiar. He's a Zilfied, or Zilfies, whatever. It's named after some mythical creature that isn't Google. Oh, now it finally, my internet finally shows me. It's a mythical air spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
And his brother is named Kobolda. Oh, he's a kobold. But then it took me a while to figure out, wait, his sister's named Dinas. Venus? No. Well, it's close enough to Undine. Mm -hmm. So they're all named after, like, (laughs) mythological elemental spirits. Which made me think, why why isn't there a brother named Gnome? (laughs) Because Gnome sounds like a, a gnome. Yeah, no, gnome's kind of boring. There, there is a, another name that shows up later that that is does follow the pattern better than that. Uh, where was it? Oh, towards the end of the episode, uh, Zilfis has knocked the the Max Victory Robo down and is like lording it over him with a spear aimed at the Zord, and he says he's fighting. He's doing this for his mother. To which the Rangers reply. My brain was shouting, Martha? <laughs> but what they actually say is that they're fighting for all the mothers on Earth. Aha. Uh-huh. All mothers. And then they, that's when they combine with Liner Boy and finally beat him because they pull the old classic trick of, oh no, your attacks can't, our attacks can't defeat him. But then he throws a massive wave of energy at us that causes a giant explosion. Oh, we just absorb it and reflect it back. <laughs> So that old trick. And, uh, yeah, Zilfi's the, the eldest brother, the strongest of the alien calamity monsters, is now dead. Alas. Which, which makes his younger brother and sister sad. And, but he has like a glowing star on his chest. And it, when he explodes, that goes flying into the sky and lands on the head of his baby infant brother, Drop. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Dun, dun, dun. And, well, we'll find out next step. So the baby get, goes into a cocoon and he's going to upgrade. <laughs> oh, so like grow up and get older? Yes, be, because, well, it's actually, it's, shit, how many times has that happened? I know it's happened at least twice in Sentai where a, a young child baby grows up to become. Oh, no, no, it's happened more than that. <laughs> Is there um, dropping this? Downright a trope at this point. Yeah, um, oh, I forget the name of the mechanical kid in, um, O-Ranger, which was, uh, Zio in America, mm. who, in America, the, the kid and the grown-up version are two separate characters in Power Rangers, but in Japan, they're the same character, <sighs> and it also happens with, um, Tran in, uh, Jetman, hmm. who upgrades himself to Tranza. Sure. Midway through the season. I'm gonna upgrade and you can call me Jenza. Well, getting upgrades throughout series, like that's a thing, heroes happen, vi- villains happen, but those are three examples where the character grows older. <laughs> well, older since one of them is a robot. It, he goes from a child-sized <laughs> body to an adult-sized body. But sure. Man, that's gotta happen in more series too, probably, since it's happened three times. It's weird. Twice is a coincidence. Three times is a pattern. <laughs> three times is a trope. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that uh, that does it for this episode. You can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yeah. We are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, where we also occasionally, maybe monthly, do a news pod. Uh, that is... Uh, we yeah, have we, a- we did... Doing this. Yes, we did do a news pod. Uh, 
We have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, we've just wrapped up talking about Kimono Friends uh, after three years of uh, doing that in between big blockbuster movies and occasionally older, stupider movies and occasionally older, good <laughs> movies. Uh, and whatever we want to categorize Condor Man as. Yes. <laughs> All the above? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will figure out what we're doing for July sometime. Yeah, you guys got to pick something. I've been doing it too often. Yes. We'll figure something out. I'll, yeah. I'll go through some streaming service slash things I pirated for posterity. Mm. Uh, see what I can come up with. Or Rob can tell us what exciting new things just showed up on Netflix Canada. Ooh. All right. So, uh, please join us next time for Shake Up. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. As, as soon as I actually Google a word, thing will cooperate, and I can oh. cut this is, section is out. Is the word uh, is that word ligma? No, not this time. We already did ligma. Is the word bird? <laughs> no, it's sylphid. Okay. Yeah, I, that's that familiar. It apparently is a word. Oh, come on, Google. Why are you being slow, computer? Is it just because of the I don't know. Bart is the bird. Google, come on! Everybody is talking about the bird. Or is my phone <laughs> downloading shit again? I don't think so. How is a Google search taking this long? <sighs> Hello. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't do I'm it. Talking to my computer. <laughs> It's like, oh. I hit the search and it's just going and going and not showing any results yet. What do you want from me, cat? There. Cat, why do you do this? You're so lucky I don't care about this desk. Does that have to do with uh, like a sylph? That's what. Oh, well, that's the word I originally thought it was, but apparently it isn't. It's sylphid. Mm. Sylphid. Sylphid. Anyway. <laughs>